It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> my whole life <laughs> I got some things to say I'm still slowly dying but uh. hey we all are <laughs> good morning back row radio I'm Matt and I'm Mo and you're streaming the morning side hug a back row morning show exclusively Backrowradio.com. On today's show, Burger King's latest doom to fail ad campaign. And we dive into a deep topic. Does Christian music lack realism? But first, it is February 26th and we have a holiday to celebrate. We do. It is National Pistachio Day. Hmm. Yum. Sometimes great things really do come in small packages. Known as the happy nut in China and the smiling nut in the Middle East, pistachios have a unique small shape but pack a powerfully nutritious punch. Aside from having a great smile, these vibrant green nuts let you snack your way to good health by containing as much protein as an egg per serving. What did you say? An egg per serving. You said serving. <laughs> <laughs> that was really Matt weird. Is still stuck on weird things Egg that I per say. <laughs> per serving. And a myriad of other nutrients. Did I say the rest of that okay? <laughs> Sheesh. They are part of a very nutty yet very irritating family of plants. See, now you have me questioning everything that I say. <laughs> no, that was clearly just a mispronunciation that you didn't catch happen. Like, you don't say it weird. You say you said it the other two times normally, but you definitely said soothing. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, okay. They are part of a very nutty yet irritating part of the plant... Of- Irritating family of plants, the evergreen family, which includes mangoes, pistachios, cashews, and, yep, poison ivy. Weird. Right? Aside from their curious genealogy, pistachios' incredible health benefits are sure to give other nuts a run for their money. Stock up on these gloriously green nuts because today, on February 26th, we celebrate them with National Pistachio Day. It's an excuse for pistachio lovers worldwide to snack on their favorite nut all day long. So I'm going to admit something that I'm not proud of. What? No. Are you I really? I have never tried pistachios because they're green and it weirds me out. You're missing out. I know. They I honestly know that I'm wrong. are probably the best nut. And And I've been told this by many people. But for some reason, I cannot get over the fact that it is a nut that is green. It 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 grosses me out, and it makes me think I'm going to hate it long before I ever... I don't know why. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm going to make myself try it at some point. I know I will, because I keep having this internal battle with myself. Especially the more and more prevalent it gets as a snack. Like now they even have the small little bags, those black pistachio bags. Mm-hmm. They even have the small ones in the little impulse buy section at Walmart with, with at every aisle. They've had them for about a decade. Sure, <laughs> but not, they haven't been that small in the aisle all that time. But, like, I see them all the time now. And i just like, I, I, I need to try them. I know they're going to be good. I know that I'm going to like them. But I just can't. It's a mental block I have, and I don't know why. So you, what you really need to do is go to Alamogordo. To the world's largest pistachio. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I've been there. Well, but inside, because it's a pistachio farm, mm-hmm. and so inside they have like a buffet. Oh, of different. Of different flavors. Like flavored kind. Seasoning. Yeah, for pistachios. That's what you need to do. Yeah, that'd be cool. They're amazing. Just, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm weird. Like I have a few weird things like that about me. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> My brother, um, when I was working with him in Albuquerque, he worked in uh, landscaping. And so I was working alongside him for a while. And we'd be driving someplace together. And he would keep giant bags of those things in his car. 
And so we'd be driving, I'd be right behind him, and he'd like eat a whole bunch, spit out all the trails, and then he'd grab them, and he'd just throw them out the window at my car to try and hit me while we're driving down the road. And What a nice brother. <laughs> oddly enough, that fun playfulness about pistachios yeah. that he displayed made me want to try them. Hmm. But I still haven't been able to get around the green aspect. I don't know why it bugs me. I eat plenty of green things. It's just the fact that it's also a nut that, for some reason, turns me off. I don't know. I don't get it. So All right. Weird. So I have a challenge for you, Mo. Okay. Because it's Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Huh. Wednesday. I'm still, uh, I'm still taking a break from challenging you one on one, mano y mano. Because you can't win. Because I was devastated at how badly I lost that last challenge. So today, uh, I'm going to be giving you a list of Kickstarter campaigns for products, okay? Okay. And you're going to tell me if this campaign was fully funded or if it failed. Like, if people actually got behind it and made it a real thing. Okay. Or if it was just too weird and it didn't become a real thing. Okay. Okay? So that's the goal. So I'll I'll tell you what it is, give you a little kind of description, and uh, you tell me what is real. What is real? what is only a dream. All right. First up. A translation of the book Moby Dick. Made entirely out of emojis. Thanks to this Kickstarter project, you'll never again look at the whale emoji the same way. Creator Fred Benison promised to translate the classic novel Moby, Moby Dick by Herman Melville into nothing but emoji. The cute little icons on your iPhone that you use to pepper your text with some extra fun. Imagine reading an entire book with no words, only emoji. Do you think that this was successfully funded? The goal, <laughs> which I won't have on all of these, but the goal was $3,500. It was launched in 2009. Uh, yes, it was fully funded. It definitely was. Uh, you can buy, I don't even want to say the name of it. Just It's the title Moby Dick, but instead of Moby it says Emoji. Uh, it just seems weird to say that title together. In a black and white softcover book for $40 or shell out 200 for the hardcover, hardcover book in full color. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. The uh, Five O'Clock Shadow. Tessa Rustin, the creator and mastermind behind this campaign, described the Five O'Clock Shadow as a hand-knitted, functional beard face mask made with cotton poly lining and featuring two elastic straps that go around the top of your head to keep it in place. So it's like elastic strap up here, beard comes down around your Mm -hmm. face. Uh, It's to keep your face warm in the cold. Now... We have seen a version of this with a beanie. I have one. It's yeah. got a beanie and then a beard there. Mm-hmm. A beard beanie. That's a real thing. This has no hat. It has a weird strap at the top. And so it's literally just the beard part that it's covering mm-hmm. to keep your face warm. I'm going to say it was funded. That it was, yeah. It was. Launched in 2012. Had a goal of $3,000. It was successfully funded by just 25 backers. If we could have 25 backers, give us $3,000. No. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Dog Easy, an internet chat service for dogs. <laughs> this. <laughs> All right. It is a way for the dogs both to browse the internet and... Video chat with other dogs. It is a peripheral that plugs into your computer via USB. has two paw pads. One for left and one for right and kind of up and down-ish. And uh, it allows the dogs to kind of browse at their leisure. 
It's a fully functional device. <laughs> Do you think this was fully funded? No. No, this one was not fully funded. You don't think the dog easy internet mouse? No. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> not fully funded. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Okay. All right, here we go. The Handy Dipper. Okay. It is a... It's about the size of a straw that sticks up that you hold that has a little hole to put your nugget dip sauce in so you can hold it more easily while driving. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No, it was not fully funded. (laughs) You're correct. <laughs> but I feel like it could be good. <laughs> you want it? Because holding, trying to hold on to the tiny little packet sure. is nerve-wracking. So if you had this where you could wrap your whole fingers around it, put your thumb on the top there, nope. and it's not going anywhere. That's off to staying right there for you to, whenever you hit that stretch of highway, just reach over, grab a nug, dip, toss it in, hand back on the wheel. Mm-mm. I could see it. See, what would end up happening with me is I'm like, I'm holding the, this the whatever, the handy dipper with my index and my thumb while I'm still driving with my other three fingers. And then I got to take a real quick turn or I got to avoid a dog that just ran out into the street and I turn my wheel real quick and there goes sauce all over my window. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, man. Okay. A child car seat cooler. This is a, like a flat piece of fabric-y thing that you put on the back of a child's car seat. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, the cool water running through mm-hmm. to keep the child cooler from the back end. I hope this was fully funded. It was not. What? It sounds like a great idea, though, doesn't it? That is Especially a genius in, idea. In climates like ours, where in the summer, it, yeah, that car seat's almost melting. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, meat soap. Oh my lord! <laughs> we too firmly believe that the aroma of freshly cooked bacon should linger long after breakfast, but we're not so sure about washing our hands with meat. Meat soap, a soap made of animal byproducts and rendered fats, and no preservatives, aims to clean you and leave you smelling like bacon or beef. It was fully funded. It indeed was. (laughs) Because bacon is the most loved thing in America. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Crystal bacon. We'll keep that bacon theme going. Like rock candy a bacon? Kick, no, a Kickstarter project allowing you to bring home or wear the bacon. Creator Greg Kaisau described crystal bacon as his sculptural tribute to the most delicious of all meats, bacon. But what exactly is it? The products are small, durable sculptures of bacon made out of clear acrylic plastic. Uh, Keystyle wrote that he and his wife and daughter started making them and turning them into holiday ornaments and jewelry. Baker uh, Backers could be rewarded with bacon earrings and necklaces, a large signed bacon sculpture, or even a bacon sculpture featuring a mahogany frying pan and crystal grease splatters. Funded or no? Funded. Yep, fully funded. <laughs> <laughs> and they look weird. It kind of looks like a long, semi-translucent piece of tripe. Ooh. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Great. <laughs> All right, next one here. My Little Demon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> As Heather V. Kreiter, the mastermind behind this Kickstarter campaign, wrote, every year thousands, no millions, no bazillions of demons are exercised by careless, thoughtful, thoughtless individuals. And it's her mission to save these mischievous little hellions and find them loving, nurturing homes. 
But it's not as creepy as it sounds. These demons are actually plush, stuffed animals reminiscent of My Little Pony toys with a devilish twist. These demon plushies come in four different models with oddly cute names. Corpsey Puff, Satana, Voodoo Vixen, and Inky Poo. What do you think? Fully funded or no? <laughs> I hope no. <laughs> my little demon. My li- yeah, they they were fully funded. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. All right, keeping it in the religion vein. How about grilled Jesus? The expertly named grilled Jesus is the perfect Kickstarter for anyone who likes eating a grilled cheese sandwich to a or likens, sorry, eating a grilled cheese sandwich to a religious experience as it gives new meaning to the Last Supper. The grilled cheeses is a sandwich press, but it doesn't just make ordinary paninis. It toasts the face of Jesus onto your sandwich bread. I feel like I've seen this. No, there is a toaster that'll do that. But this is like, this is a sandwich press that has a, a more detailed picture of Jesus with, with, uh, Rays, you know, the little uh-huh. brilliant luminescent rays going all the way out to the end of the sandwich. Like, it's much more uh, artistically poppy on the bread than the toaster version. Uh, Actually, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's funded. Uh, yeah, fully hey. funded. But it was a big goal. The goal was $25,000. And it funded. Most of these are just a few thousand. This was a lot. Well. Successfully and miraculously funded. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see. We'll do a couple more here. There's a lot. Sorry. Okay. The shower garbage can. You got different bins. You got your kitchen bin. You got your behind the fridge bin. You got your normal bathroom bin. But every now and then you find yourself in the shower needing to throw an old bottle or something else away. That you know you'll forget by the end of the shower if you think to yourself, I'll just come back and get it later. You won't. You'll get back in the shower the next time and say, oh, I got to throw that bottle away. Well, now... There's a dedicated trash can with a suction cup that goes right in your shower. Throw away everything from your shower refuse right there. Does everybody not just toss the empty bottle out over the shower? Over the top. <laughs> Put it somewhere where I know I'll have to deal with it later. Exactly. <laughs> Am I the only one that does that? <laughs> I'm going to say it was funded. No. Really? Didn't make it. Oh. <laughs> Yet my little demon does. My little demon. All right. Last one. Poop the game. This Kickstarter project is a game called Poop. And yes, there is plenty of toilet humor involved. Poop is a card game similar to the popular game Uno. And is designed so that both kids and adults can play and enjoy it. It even comes with the drinking game rules for adults who want to spice things up. According to the Kickstarter page, kids love it because of the silly designs and opportunity to make poop jokes. Adults love it because poop makes them act like kids. Here are a couple card examples. Uh, If you play a zero, you have to do specific things on your turn. Everybody has to do this thing on their turn while the zero's in play. You have to make a fart noise on your turn, or you have to grunt like you're needing to Pooping. push. <laughs> but other than that, it seems very similar to uh, Uno in all other respects. Uh, I like the reverse card because it has the toilet paper coming out or going in, you know. 
how people put it on wrong or oh right. okay so that's the reverse toilet paper that's funny uh of course the number two has a a poop on it like a poop emoji kind of but uh yeah it's uh gross i hope this was funded it's fully funded yeah it had a goal of four thousand five hundred it raised almost triple that wow (laughs) people really wanted a poop version of uno they really like pie humor (laughs) what do you know those were real Kickstarter campaigns, most of which were fully funded. Hey. Uh, interesting. Interesting stuff. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Burger King might kill the burger industry with their latest ads. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Road Radio. to the morning side hug a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com i'm matt i'm mo and we're gonna kick off this hour with five brand effects five random facts the sperm whale is the loudest animal on the planet they can produce sounds of 180 decibels which can vibrate the human body to pieces <laughs> That's kind of scary. <laughs> According to a 2019 survey of American parents who owned pets, 34% of them said their favorite child was their pet. <laughs> I know Ooh. mine is. No, I'm just kidding. I despise all my pets currently. Ever found yourself hesitating or refusing to take the last donut or slice of pizza available? If so, you've experienced a phenomenon known as the diffusion of entitlement. We often inhibit ourselves from consuming something scarce because we feel it is not our right. <laughs> okay. Do you not feel that way, Mom? <laughs> I eat the thing. <laughs> if I bought the pizza, I'll eat the last piece. Oh, oh sorry. That's my fault. Phone went off. Seriously? I was getting ready for the next segment. I thought, sorry. thought I had time. Be in the moment, Matt. <laughs> in the moment. Did you even hear what I said? I did. You, If you bought it, then it's yours. You're entitled to it. I mean, don't right. you think that's Yeah, right? I feel like if you bought it, but I don't feel like this is exactly what that's talking about. No, it's not, but yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, a 10-second kiss is long enough to transfer 80 billion bacteria between two mouths. <laughs> Mo gagged. Uh. Man, that's so gross to think about. Wow. The average person farts between 12 to 25 times each day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't fart. Sure you don't. I'm above average. All right. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... Matt's farting right now. <laughs> My whole life's one continuous fart. So uh, last year, Mo and I talked about Burger King's last big viral ad campaign, which was the unhappy meals. You remember those? Mm-hmm. The salty meal, the angry meal, whatever. Yeah. And all those sad meal. Uh, and how it didn't really uh, uh, accomplish what they wanted it to. Yeah. They, they used it as a way to both promote themselves, be viral, but also they were... Putting a portion of that, I think, to some... Or no, they were just raising awareness. They were were also trying to raise awareness of, uh, you know, depression and things like that. But they did it in a way of kind of mocking it and not really delivering on that message uh, outside of what they claimed the message was. So it was a failure. It was bad. So lately, uh, recently, they've released their latest attempt to be viral. And uh, (laughs) by showing you their new push for no artificial preservatives in their burgers, which is a a relatively new thing that they've been rolling out. Okay. Okay. Are you aware of the McDonald's burger that has been sitting in some chamber for 20 years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's... it's, That never goes bad. It It still looks exactly the same. It still looks exactly the same because... McDonald's burgers and pretty much all fast food burgers have some amount of preservatives in them. And that doesn't mean that they always that, that they're not bad. It just means that they dry out faster than they degrade. And so once they dry out, they won't get moldy because there's no moisture. 
in them anymore. Okay. And so that burger is not edible. Uh, it's not good. Right. Or anywhere near it. It just dried out before it got moldy. So, of course, nothing else is going to happen to it. Ah. But we kind of trick ourselves into thinking, no, the preservatives are just keeping it alive this whole time somehow, slightly. So in order to capitalize on that, they have made this commercial where they let one of their new burgers uh, degrade. And Mo has not seen this commercial, so I'm going to make her watch it uh, and just kind of give your, your reaction Okay. as it goes. My phone might not do that for you. It, it did, did it. it. Okay, good. So they put this burger together in the video, and now they're doing a time lapse of it slowly decomposing, getting moldy over the course of, I believe, 30 days. 34 days. The slogan, I believe it was, uh, the beauty of no preservatives. No artificial preservatives. That was disgusting. (laughs) That may very well have been the nastiest thing that I've I've ever watched. So, I mean, I I get the idea. Prove that we have no artificial preservatives by letting the burger get disgustingly moldy. Yeah. The problem is... (laughs) At least in my mind, and I think a lot of people's minds. So Every far. time you think of a Burger King burger. burger. Or maybe burgers at all. Because this isn't making me want a Burger King burger over a McDonald's burger, which is what they're going for. Ours will get moldy instead of dry out. Yeah. It's just making me kind of not want either burger. You know what I mean? Nah. It's kind of turning me off all burgers. All together. All fast food burgers. Forget it. But... <laughs> Only Burger King has the sesame seed bun, which is what's shown in that commercial. Doesn't Carl's Jr. do sesame seed buns? I don't know. I I'm not do. a Carl's Jr. fan like you do. are. <laughs> <laughs> but when I am thinking our small town burger places. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Burger King is the only one. And I think. Well, no. McDonald's has their their uh, their quarter pounder. Is on a sesame seed and bun. And they're. And they're Big Mac. Never mind. Forget it. But My song, point is invalid. Forget song, it. Uh, to all beef patty, special sauces, cheese, pickles, onions on the sesame seed bun. It's part of the song. Okay. Never mind. On, I'll still take oh, my... that's the wrong soda. Oh, gosh. I just drank out, drank out of my older soda can that had just backwash in it, and that was gross. <laughs> okay. Can we close out this hour, please? <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done with all the gross stuff. Can't do it. Done. Gagged four times this section. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, but anyway, I don't know what Burger King is thinking with their ad campaigns. Just, here's a novel idea. They need to hire someone new is what it is. Have good, make good food and, you know, use that. Their, their push for the Impossible Whopper, their ad campaign there was people... Trying the impossible, or trying what they thought was a normal Whopper, and it turned out to be the impossible Whopper, and they were excited about how it tasted as good, if not better. A lot of reviewers actually went, like people that go to these places to try out these things, and tried them both, and said, you know what, this is actually a little bit better than the normal Whopper. That was great mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. That worked wonderful. It made me want to try the I tried it. Bur- yep. Whopper. Was it good? It was good. It I was very it yet, good. But it does make it. They still have it, and I'm going to eventually. But it's, it's the idea of that is appealing. Right. Compared to the Unhappy Meals or the Moldy Burger. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make me see Burger King in a positive light. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter... The, I, the intention behind it, it's only the execution. Mm-hmm. What people are going to see initially. And if... It, it, <laughs> this almost looks like it should have been put out by a competitor. Like it was a smear campaign. Yeah. Uh, look at this disgusting burger from Burger King. Not a 
this is what we're putting out to show you how good our burger really is because it has no preservatives i don't know it's 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 a weird world we live in it is (laughs) i can agree with that statement and i really want us to move on now (laughs) also burger king what's the deal with your fries You've had four different versions of fries in my lifetime, and they've all been awful. How can you not get one single version of French fries right? That's what you should be focusing all your time and energy on right now. Stop coming up with new burgers. Fix your fries. One good recipe. Steal from some company that makes them good. That's what they all do anyway. Don't go to In-N-Out because they're awful. <gasps> They're worse. Oh, I love In and Out fries. In and Out fries are worse than Burger King fries. I'm going to say it right now. See, now I think when we were, okay, what year would it have been when we were in middle school? 2001, I think, was the last year in middle school, 2001 to 2002, right? No. Or 2000, 2001. No, because we graduated in 2003. I graduated in 2004. You, okay, I graduated in 2003. Okay. So it would have been like 98 that I was in middle school. I think that's when I just started, yeah. Because middle school for me was 6th, 7th, 8th grade. Oh, no. Here it's 7th, 8th, ninth. Well, now it's, oh, now, now it's weird here. But anyway, go on. Okay. So <laughs> my middle school years, we were able to walk to the Burger King for lunch because it was mm. like you didn't even have to cross a major street. Our school kind of sat behind the Burger King. And so we just walked through the schoolyard, walked into the back parking lot of Burger King and got our lunch. That is when they had really good fries. I think that is the last time that they've had anything really good on their menu. They had, they were, they were sim, they were more similar to McDonald's. They were more thin, not like. Thin, salty, slightly crispy. Yeah. Good. They weren't great compared to McDonald's, like. Compared to McDonald's, they were garbage. But on their own, without the comparison, they were decent approximations. They were good. Yeah. Good enough that you wouldn't complain about it in the moment. Right. Then they switched to a fry similar to Long John Silver's fry. A heavily starchy, Mm -hmm. thick French fry that just never felt right. Right. Then they jumped to like an all-natural kind of cut fry similar to Carl's Jr., but thin while Carl's Juniors are thick, those were okay, not as good as the original ones, and they abandoned those too. And now they just have like these that kind of look like McDonald's fries, but they also are too starchy. Mm-hmm. And they're just they're, there's no love in them. Yeah, they're, they're not. Just, good. They taste like a nothing. But a few years ago, they came out with a, a secondary French fry, the Satis fry which were crinkle-cut French fries that you could get instead. Thick, crinkle-cut French fries, like we used to have in school. Yeah. And they were great. I love crinkle-cut. Crinkle-cut French fries. Crinkle-cut French fries. They were fantastic. And they were, they. I don't know, uh, the advertisement was that they were slightly healthier uh, than the normal ones. Uh, I don't know, I don't remember why. But they were really good. And then they got rid of them. And I'm like, those should have... Stayed. That and your should other have been your fry. Yeah. This would have been a perfect opportunity to separate yourself from other exactly because no other mainstream fast food fry is doing the crinkle cut. Yeah. And yeah, and they were great. They were so good. They made one good fry decision in this whole lifetime. Burger King is just amazing. Failing. Burned it away. Failing left and right. <laughs> All right, we can end this segment now. Thank end you. I appreciate it. On a good memory of Crinkle Cut Fries. <laughs> uh, coming up next, is Christian music not real enough? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. the morning side hug a back row morning show here on back row radio i'm matt i'm mo so uh, a couple days ago um kevin max shared an article and it's an older article it's from 2016 but it's one that i never saw he shared an article saying this is an oldie but a goodie uh and so i read it and it was a, about an interview that bono had uh with the huffington post okay uh and he was talking about 
uh, a lot of different things in modern Christianity and music. Uh, but the key thing of this article we're focusing on was that he wants Christian music to get more honest. Um, he said that he sees a lot of dishonesty in modern Christian music. Uh, let me just read a part of the article. He says, Bono, who has come, become more outspoken about his Christian faith in recent years, is advocating for a return to the raw and honest emotion of the Psalms. He says the psalmist is brutally honest about his explosive joy that he's feeling and the deep sorrow or confusion, the singer says in uh, Fuller Studios' newly released documentary, The Psalms. And, and I often think, gosh, well, why isn't church music more like that? Uh, so this is actually an interview that was a part of this uh, thing that was put on by Eugene Peterson, who was uh, the pastor and scholar best known for... The translation of the message, mm-hmm. which you know we bag on a lot as as you know not a real translation, but in many cases, in, in my opinion, anyway, uh, a lot of things are are kind of presented in the message in a much more honest, real feeling, and the Psalms is one of that one of those portions. Right. The Psalms in the message, I think, are are displaying the tone of what was originally written much more clearly than many of us may tend to see them. Almost more poetic in in a way. Which yeah, which you're right. But in in a way it's also kind of uh countering that as well because I think when we read the Bible, the Psalms in a typical translation, we almost just see them as poems. Yeah. And we don't see them as genuine emotion. But this actually shows that real emotion while keeping that poetic form. Yeah. But it makes us feel more emotion as a true poem would instead of just kind of thinking, whatever, he's rhyming or whatever, you know, right. that kind of thing. But it's, it was, it's, it's really good. And so that's what this, this documentary came out about. Um, and, and Peterson himself says, it's not smooth, it's not nice, it's not pretty, but it's honest. Uh, I think we're trying for honesty, which is very, very hard in our culture. Uh, so Bono agreed that honesty was hard to find in modern Christian culture. In fact, he said that he finds a lot of dishonesty in modern Christian art and music. He said, I would love if this conversation would inspire people who are writing these beautiful gospel songs to write a song about their bad marriage, write a song about how they're ticked off at the government, because that's what God wants from you, the truth, and that truthfulness will blow things apart. And he says, why I'm, why I'm suspicious of Christians is because of the lack of realism. And I'd love to see more of that in art and in life and in music. So, is that our, is our jumping off point? Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts? Um, I do, I, I think that there is an argument there. I do think that there is some validity in his point. But I also think that that's why For King and Country is my favorite Christian band, mm-hmm. hands down. Because all of their songs are very real mm-hmm. in many different aspects. It covers a very broad range of emotion, you know, mm-hmm. through through their songs. Yeah, even their song uh, from the new album, Pioneers, mm-hmm. that is about marriage, marriage. that yeah. is falling apart. And they're choosing to stick it out, mm-hmm. do something that the culture wouldn't do, and thus be pioneers in exactly. this. Exactly. In that we're going to keep trying. Mm-hmm. We're going to make things work kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which I do like. Yeah. So you're right. But there, uh, but even then, even for King and Country, their stuff is still kind of poetic. You know, they're using... Sure. Like, you know, burn the ships. They're using imagery, not, dis- not specifically talking uh, plainly about what they're saying, but in a more flowery image, which isn't bad. I'm not knocking that at all. But there is a band that we play called Mike... Uh, Mains. I got confused by his name for the longest time. I had him misspelled. It's either Mike Mains or Mike Manis. I'm pretty sure it's Mike Mains. Mike Mains and the Branches, and they produce you know normal Christian music for a while, but then their la- last album has gotten very little radio play because it was written in a season where he and his wife thought they were going to get a divorce. Both of them had secrets that they were hiding. Things were exploding all around them, and they didn't know what was going to be coming next. Mm-hmm. And so there is a specific song that starts about starts talking about how uh, woke up in the morning, we sat at the table, and I laid everything out 
that uh, I'd done in the dark. Hmm. And it was all about how uh, I'm trying to breathe underwater, pretty mm-hmm. much, is the message that they were saying, is that I'm drowning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no answer at the end of the song. There was no clean-cut, happy ending. what do we do? Yeah. yeah it was, I mean, uh, you know, with an answer to that question, it was a simply, this is where we're at and it stinks yeah. kind of song. And there were a lot of songs in there that were like that. And then there were other songs on the album that were, uh, you know, examining their relationship from the past and trying to rekindle what they used to feel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it it was a lot of really raw emotional stuff. Reliant K came out with their album Collapsible Lung, which was widely panned as not a Christian album because more than half the songs are talking about Bad relationships, former relationships or former ways that either the author or, or other people, the band or maybe just a fictional character. But they were talking about real uh, circumstances in relationships that were clearly not God's design plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, like one of them was called Part Time Lover. And it's not the same song as most people know of by that title. But it was a, about a, a guy who slept with a girl early on and young and it wound up kind of messing her up Mm. and he didn't realize that and this was kind of like an apology so I never meant to be your part-time lover you know and it was uh, a whole whole emotional thing yeah and those kind of things those kind of albums those kind of songs I cling to yeah I love people getting a little bit more real and honest in their lyrics. But these two people are also very more more genuine lyricists in that they're telling an actual story, while for King and Country is more of the the psalmist-type lyricist in that they will make allegories, they will make... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Poetic... I don't know. They'll make it more poetic, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Which both are great and both have their place. But those are the kind of mus- those are the kind of songs that we really try to push on Backbar Radio mm-hmm. because it's that reality that we don't tend to feel uh, uh, in Christian music anymore, which is exactly what Bono's saying. I mean, yeah. I, I, I pretty much 100% agree with what he's saying. There is a time and a place for the kind of music that we have now, for sure. And it might be even more so and more important uh, the mainstream stuff that we hear, that be the overarching message. Mm-hmm. Because you want that hopeful message to be the key. But to not leave any room for Real life. struggle yeah. Yeah, is, well, it is, it's dishonest, but mm-hmm. it's also dangerous. Because yeah. it sends the wrong message to those of us who are already here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's an argument that we hear all the time. We... I, it's it's crazy to me in our Facebook community how much we hear it, you know, and it, I don't know. It makes me realize how little of our Facebook community know what we actually do. Right. You know? <laughs> but there, it's inevitable that at least once every other week or so, somebody makes a comment about feel-good Christian music or, you know, radio stations that only play the feel-good stuff, and Matt will always come back with, a link to Back Row Radio. Have have you given us a listen yet? And people are always like, I had no idea. So I think that's where I have the trouble. It is a valid point. But at the same time, if you put yourself out there and you look, you don't have to look terribly hard to find us and to find honest Christian music. And that's... um... And that's the, the line that we have to walk in that there's two different kinds of Christian entertainment. And most of Christianity expects all of it to be under one branch. Mm-hmm. And that is the label family friendly. Right. When you hear it's a Christian song, a Christian radio station, a Christian movie, all this you also hear in your brain family friendly. Right. That's why it was so hard to get across to people that the passion of the Christ 
might not be a good movie to bring your seven-year-old to. Right. Because it was brutally violent. Mm Mm-hmm. And like even when that still happens now, even after we've all seen it and we all know what it is, um, we do a communion service at our church every now and then. And recently a pastor said, you know, we go over before we lead up to the communion service, we go over like the Gethsemane section, the trials and the crucifixion of Christ Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of surrounded the Last Supper. And typically we do like a special song for each of those sections. But this last time he wanted us to do a video a kind of quick recap of the crucifixion scene from the Passion of the Christ, and I said, "Okay, I'll 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 do my best." But no. But it's really gory, right? And so I did my best, and I actually had to piece together another similar movie to make it a little better and kind of zoom out some things that mm-hmm. were really close up and, um, or zoom in to cut out a certain portion of the screen so you wouldn't see it. Um, but even then, I said, "Look." Even with this, you're going to need to warn the congregation if there are still kids in here. Mm -hmm. Because we have children's church, and most of them are going to go there. But sometimes families like to keep their kids in for a communion service. Right. And so you're going to need to give a verbal warning. If uh, your kids can't handle this, you might want to take them out for this portion. Because it's that bad. It Mm -hmm. was that, that gory. And you forget how bad it is until you watch it again. It's just really gory. So... That's why that was difficult, because we don't automatically think. We automatically think Christian, family-friendly. Right. And so that means we cut out a whole portion of real life that needs to be tied in with our Christianity Mm -hmm. and just have the top uh, warm, fuzzy stuff. Right. And, uh, again, we don't like to bash on, like, K-Love or things like that. What I think is... The difference between us and Caleb, the main difference, is that our audience is different. I think Caleb's main main purpose for existing is to offer hope to the unchurched and to the new Christians. Mm -hmm. While our focus is more on the established believer... Who's struggling? Right. Who's living this everyday life? It's not going the perfect way that we are often Seem to led think to believe. That it's going to, thing yeah. to think, yeah, it's going to be, uh, and want to know that there are other people going through the same kind of stuff. Right. That's why uh, I know I had when we first started doing the morning show. I have this little disclaimer at the beginning of the show that says, "Look, we we aim to be." Uh, family friendly, but every now and then we're going to be talking about something that might not be appropriate for younger ears. Mm-hmm. You know, we make that clear that this is not a family friendly radio station as it's come to be understood stood right. by Christian circles. And but I think it's important that they both exist. There are days when I need to just hear like worship music. Mm-hmm. There are days when I really need to center myself in and remember that we need to be worshiping God uh, as often as we can and be in real communion with him. Mm-hmm. And and I understand that. And some days that will cause me to turn on K-Love mm-hmm. or Air One. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I have felt like what I need to feel like is that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I know that God's there. But... I'm not really going to be able to to feel his presence until I'm in heaven in the way that we think about with worship. With uh, When it comes to being down here in the dirt and in my daily life, sometimes I just need to know that I have other people with me right. who are struggling to be better for God while we're here. Yeah. Other people that want to be better, want to look more and more like Jesus and can't always jump straight to worship time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's it's a it's a process that we're constantly fighting our own anxieties our own frustrations our problems with other people our relationship issues you know problems within marriage not feeling like we're a good parent not feeling like we're a good spouse all these deficiencies that we have that pop up in our brain of how we're messing up and let us realize all of us are like this Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. All of us have garbage in our past. All of us are struggling to be better. And within that comes the hope mm-hmm. that we can. Right. And that we can uplift each other. We can pray for each other. That we can encourage each other because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mindset, again, as this always seems to come back to that, that I developed from Celebrate Recovery. Because that's what its focus is. Yeah. Come here. Realize you're not alone. We're all trying to do this and we'll help you get there. Mm-hmm. We can do it together. Yep. <sighs> that was a lot of talking. That was a lot of talking. <laughs> Jeez, Matt. But no, I, I mean, I really, I really do agree, though. And the same thing extends to Christian movies. And that's been my big gripe with Christian movies forever is that they're, they're not honest. They're not honest enough. Or they'll take something that some sort of scenario that's easy to focus on as a problem. But they won't expand beyond that. Fireproof, it's easy to focus on a marriage that's struggling and talk about fighting for your marriage. I'm not saying that it's perfect and I'm not saying that it's sanitized. I'm just saying that that's a safe place for a Christian movie to go. Yeah. But it only went so far. The flirtation of a divorce, the flirtation of somebody else uh, wanting to hit on your wife, yeah, that kind of thing. It doesn't take you to a movie where the spouse cheated. Right. It doesn't take you to a movie where they did get divorced, you know. Yeah. There might be something out there that's like that somewhere that I haven't seen, but for the most case, they're going to keep it in a safe range. Yeah. Uh, courageous. It's a safe place to go in talking about how you invest in your kids' lives and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think they had a death of a, a child in that. Mm-hmm. Again, a real situation that could really occur and can really break someone's life. But it's a safe vein for a Christian movie to go into mm-hmm. because, you know, death and life and what you do. Uh, to spend, you know, how you spend your life and focus on your priorities, all that. Those are our safe topics in a Christian circle, easy right. to talk about. Yeah. But this kid died, uh, what, accidentally, right? It was it was a car accident or something like that in the movie. I don't remember. It was, well, it was something clean. Yes. Something where yeah. it wasn't his fault. Yeah. You're not going to take it to a movie where your son died of an overdose. Right. Or suicide. Or suicide or something like that because then it gets unfamily friendly. Yeah. And it gets, you're going to have to talk about the, the real issues behind these problems that are yeah. brought up. Um, and again, I'm not knocking those as bad movies. Those, those, those come up with really good messages, mm-hmm. but it's not always going to be so clean and it's not always going to come to such a, a nice conclusion. Right. There's a movie called The Imposter that ironically Kevin Max was in, which we talked about leading up to this. Kevin Max was in this movie called The Imposter and it's actually inspired by a song that he made and uh, Jeff Deo's in it too uh, and a couple other people, but it's about... A popular worship artist who gets lost in the fame and instead gets caught up in the rock star lifestyle with drugs and women and all this. And how in all that he's still touring as this Christian artist and he's having it out with his brother-in-law and then eventually former brother-in-law. He's having it out with, with all these different people and it's showing all these tense, terrible conversations and moments and him eventually winding up disgraced and, and homeless, living in the, like a cardboard box thing, and then trying to get back, putting his piece, his life back together. But then he doesn't put it back together. He slips back into bad habits. And it ends on a hopeful note, but it doesn't end with him having fixed any of his problems. Hmm. It just ends with, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. And sometimes that's the message we need to hear. Yeah. Is that things might not work out mm-hmm. right away. That doesn't mean you give up yeah. trying to be a better person. That's the the realness that I think we really are lacking uh, in a lot of our Christian media. I can I can agree with that because what it ends up doing is it's a slip, slippery slope for those who don't have the happy ending. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it begins to open up doors of doubt of, well, you know, my marriage did end in divorce. So mm-hmm. what does that mean for me as a Christian? What does that mean for my relationship with God, you know? And so it definitely opens up doors of doubt, doors of um, untruth. And it is a an area that we as Christians and in Christian entertainment are um, failing mm-hmm. in. But at the same time, I do feel like it's a lot better than what it was. Oh, absolutely. Even when we were. It is It is getting better, yeah. I'm like leaps and bounds better than what we, you know, when we were kids or teenagers or whatever. So, I yeah. Agree. I agree with that. And, um, oh, shoot. I had a thought and then I lost it. <laughs> um, oh, darn it. It's a good thought, too. Don't you love it when that happens? It's like the best day ever. Oh, all right. Well, it's a uh, it's a conversation that needed to, needs to happen more often, I think. Um, and even with the stuff that you and I talk about here on the on the morning show or on on Church Nerds, uh, we talk about some things that are more real. This is the kind of stuff you're not really going to hear on the mainstream radio stations because right. even what they present is sanitized for yeah. that family friendly vein. They don't want to talk about anything even remotely controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good, good news Tuesday uh, all week long. All <laughs> every, the time. Every, everything that they say. <laughs> good news uh, every day. Right. And again, not Bashkim, that there's a place for it, certainly. Absolutely. Uh, but to have that as the only avenue uh, focused on is short-sighted, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to be able to feel that reality uh, and feel that that hope of having other people struggling with us mm-hmm. in the struggle with yeah. us. Because that's all we do. We become Christians and then we're just struggling to be better people. That we're a goal that we're never going to attain fully. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get to go to heaven and God can make us better. Exactly. <laughs> If you want to read that whole article, it's at Huffington Post. It's called Bono Wants Christian Music to Get More Honest. And, uh, yeah, there you go. It's an old article. It's from 2016. Yeah. Check it out there. Coming up next, we share something we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close. But first, I want to share something that I love. I warned you on Monday that both of my things I love were food items. Today, uh, we talked about, actually on Monday, we talked about tortilla chips. Okay. You know, how that's one thing that being on this low-carb diet, I still crave. Like, it's something that's still good when I try it every now and then. Um, the other thing that's on my list, something that I still constantly, consistently crave is the cheesy gordita crunch? Oh my gosh! From Taco Bell. If I hear it one might, more person in be. my life talk about Taco Bell, I might <laughs> just might have to burn them all down. The best thing Taco Bell's ever created. Jeez. It really is. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. It first came out when I was in just starting high school, I think. And uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a normal taco, normal crunchy taco, wrapped in a gordita shell, and in between is a whole bunch of melted cheese. Like, so much of it. And it's so good. And uh, I remember it came out and then it went away. Like, it was one of their, it's only going to be here for three months kind of thing. And then we're going to kick it out out the door. And they brought it back, like, a couple more times just like that. And so every time it would come back, I'd rush to Taco Bell as often as I could to eat one or two. (laughs) But then they brought it and they made it a permanent item. And my life has never been the same. Uh, what I am bummed about though is that when they came out with their app which is a fantastic tool for Taco Bell because you can customize literally everything when they came out with their app they gave you the option with the cheesy gordita crunch to swap out the normal shell 
with the Doritos Locos Nacho Shell. And that really kicked it up. Hmm. But they took that option away. It was too much you work. Can't do that. It might have been. <laughs> but uh yeah. They they're 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 delicious. And if you haven't ever had one, go have one. My goodness. <clears throat> I want one right now. Let's close out our show with the Bible verse for the day. Our Bible verse for the day comes from James 1, 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. and 7 a.m. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Backrow Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Backrow Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Backrow Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, including our Throwback Thursday episode. And if you didn't know, we also offer a free version of our podcast with a collection of clips from our weekly shows that comes out every Wednesday. You can find our free Morning Side Hug podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. DoorDash me at Breakfast Baconator. <laughs> if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye.